Welcome to the Joystick Show, where four friends hang out online, gaming, discussing comic news, pop culture, and of course, games. If this is your first time, welcome, and we invite you to listen to our banter and view our video games, etc. Um, we got a pretty in-depth show, short and sweet. We got the Peacemaker finale. Vox Machina finale. We're going to give our little bit of thoughts on Reacher and possibly get into a hypothetical. But to kick it off, again, my name is Drake. Over to you, T Dog. All I know is the Vochka. I feel like I should be learning Russian. Uh, but. Oh. <laughs> for obvious reasons. What up, everybody? Tom's here. Hey, uh, Yeah, all good. Let's pass it on, Scott. Yo, what is up, everybody? Doing great. Um, had the day off, feeling relaxed and rejuvenated, ready to kick this off with you boys. Oh man, um, I, I can just tell Kobe? you're, I can tell you're glowing, Scott, just from your voice. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you're oh, glowing. Is that sarcastic? Or can you really tell? Because I feel like I'm glowing. So. <laughs> you look like you're yeah. glowing. Yeah. Oh, I can hear. I can hear how you see, or how you look. I can. I don't know to see. Yeah. That sounds like a superpower. <laughs> I can feel how you I smell. I wish it was. <laughs> oh, nice. That's pretty oh. cool. Yeah. Cobes, what about you, man? What yeah. is good? Oh, I'm Cobes. Everything is good. Welcome to all our viewers, all of our lovely, lovely viewers. It's going to be a fun time tonight, as per usual. Oh, yeah. yeah. As per usual. We're back with Borderlands. Am I right? Sure. Borderlands. Oh, yep. you're totally right, right? Yeah. Um... It's a fun game, you know, RPG elements, you get to shoot them up, um, you know, stuff and things. Yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, it's like cooler as your guy, like most games, is. it's cooler as your guy gets better and your skill tree grows. Like skill tree in this is like in depth. It's like weird because it's like, I feel like it's all devoted to your special, whatever your class is, but it is a pretty in-depth skill tree right yeah. yeah i mean you have what three different tiers and within those tiers you have like 15 20 different options etc etc um but i feel like this is the first time I, not the first time but like i don't remember this game as well as uh scott and cobes do mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty in-depth yeah it's also right. had, like the three trees going on kind of thing mm-hmm. mm. and some of it's like subtle too it's not like it's you know it's you you gradually get better like you know you'll get here and there percentage like more damage this more recovery here and then maybe uh power here and there but um it's not too much to like make or break if you make the wrong decision on what you think you might need to upgrade so it's it's pretty cool i i like that you get a lot of choices and it it ups the replay value for sure nice yeah do that do that I, I like don't know any of the story. I think we've already talked about it because we were doing this while we were playing it last time. <laughs> and I don't know the story, but I got all these like crazy badass guns down, so that's cool. I also marked yeah. this. Uh, wait, what? No, no, I was gonna say the same thing. Like I, <laughs> I kind of wish I knew what was going on, but um, yeah. these guns are badass. Like <laughs> yeah. it's always great when you're like, what? It's a sniper rifle and a shotgun. Fuck yeah. <laughs> right, you know, right, like, right. There's a lot of cool guns in this game. There is, for sure. All right, I'm following Cobes right now. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I have a tracker grenade. I don't know what it does. I'm going to shoot it right now. See what happens. I'm pretty it sure it's a grenade cool. that tracks. It tracked. Yeah. So no it, way, it did not. All it did was it like marked people for me. It was not a cool grenade. I'm dying now. <laughs> it led you, it led oh, you astray. It did. Ooh, baby. Here you are. Yes. Come rub up on my belly. Like yeah, guava like jelly. jelly. Swear to God, if guava that's not that jelly. song's not on Spotify, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna boycott. Uh, you know, that beyond. has to be on Spotify. There's no way it's not. Yeah, the absolutely. Hawaiian music genre or the Hawaiian music genre is not very strong on Spotify. No, I've cool. had some playlists on that. I'm pretty sure. Kaloyakai Radio is just them and like, I don't know, like country western Hawaiian posers. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of lame. I love me some Kalohe Kai. I grew up with Roman. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, our dad's guy together, so um, I'd go oh. over to his house all the time. Oh, sweet. Is he cool? Which, which songs does he sing? Mm-hmm. Uh, damn, a what lot of good ones. Big ones. Wow, Scott, you're really um, gonna just. Make us. I want to put all you guys on the spot out? there. If you guys are really <laughs> uh, fucking fans, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, heartstrings is like his big one. Yeah, hearts. Yeah, heartstrings. Heartstrings is a great oh, okay, one. Okay. What's the yeah. hot day one called? Um, uh, hot, super hot day. No, it's not. Is that what it's called? Oh, no, <laughs> super shit. hot day. The oh, day yeah. stay hot. <laughs> the day stay hot. Oh, <laughs> fucking me, that is yeah. fucking day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nine, 96 degrees in the shade. <laughs> yeah, did you guys know like the OPD pickers? <laughs> Real hot. Yeah, dude. Fucking John played with them. John O'Brew played with them. Um, oh, shit. They like know oh, each other or something like that, yeah. Oh, that's oh, cool, wow. man. Wow. Shout out, shout chill, out John O'Brew. John O'Brew. John John's. The right. drama extraordinaire. Bro, he is a good drummer, dude. Dude, he's yeah. fucking good. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he was in, you know, band and drummed, so he yeah. better, be good. better be good. Yeah, he better be good. Better be. Devoted his own life to it. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll be pissed at him. Playing, and you're not better. Yeah. I've got we'll friends better be, than you. Yeah. We'll even be friends. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Why can't we get through this door? I think we're uh, some, some kind okay. of story thing is probably going on that we're not listening to as usual. Oh, there you go. There you go. So we might as well just talk about topics. Um, what do you guys want right. to start with? Well, let's keep it peaceful. Ooh. So Vox mocking out. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's funny. Well, let's do it. Let's actually talk about Vox mocking it because I feel yeah, like if good. we're going to talk about Peacemaker, that's like what people come for. You know, that's the main event. That's the spoiler Toby Andrew Garfield re- re- revelation moment, you know? Yeah. Truth. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about Vox because it's good, man. It was good all the way through. I really liked it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, it was really sweet. solid. Sad to have to wait now. Like every I show I enjoy, but um, yeah, it was it was really good. I was I was happy with what they did, and it yeah. really wrapped up um, Percy's story nicely. So that was cool. It did. It it felt like uh, 
yeah, he got to kind of fulfill his story arc. He, he really had like a full arc in, yeah, just his going after his vengeance and finding out he's not the only DeRolo and yeah, you know, all that stuff. So it was, yeah, he, he's a cool, he, I really liked that character, but it made me wonder if Percy is always like a main character or if he just happened to be for this, sh- this show. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this, this arc. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do they call it? Like campaigns. Like if he was just the, mm. the main story for this campaign. Well, I think the, I think the campaign's still going. This is just like an arc in it. Um, oh, okay. It's probably like just his, his little arc. And then, cause I think they're all supposed to be the main characters. Yeah. So they're just diving into his thing right now. And then I'm, I'm assuming they're going to dive into some other, um, characters like oh what is this Rick and Morty dude? well because it's like it's um, interesting because like because I liked it so much I was like oh I want to know more about these people you know I, I usually dive deep in this shit I like and uh, yeah so I went online and I, I looked up Critical Role like on YouTube and I started at like campaign one like episode mm-hmm. one and it's it's definitely different than I thought not in a bad way but just like I guess I've just never played Dungeons and Dragons before. So I'm like, oh, is this how it normally is? But it, man, you really have to just dive deep into your character and you commit to that character, right? It's like, yeah, it's that's pretty like fun, dude. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I see that. Um, but it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. It, it's definitely something I would want to try now. But it's like, man, you better give, give up like a whole night to, to oh, do it that. Is, dude. It's, it's like an easy three, four hours, man. Really? Wow. Okay. So, do you do you know the character when you start? Do you already go in? So, anyways, for those who don't know, Vox Machina is it follows this group, or uh, yeah, they're like I don't even know if they just start on YouTube, but they basically play Dungeons and Dragons, and most of them are professional voice actors, sometimes just regular movie actors, and they get together and they play Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, yeah, it's been it's pretty fucking crazy, uh, but. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. So, you could you can tell them more about it, Cobes. Sorry, I don't know where we left off. Oh, Got to cut um, you off there. You no, because you were about to ask a question. You cut yourself off. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Gavapen strikes again. <laughs> uh, sweet. Uh, yeah. What was the question that I was about to ask you that didn't ask you that um, you were going to answer because you know how my brain works. I think yeah, it was a follow up to D and D. You mentioned like jumping into your character. It's a three to four hour type of commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were going to follow up with, um, cause Kobe, after Kobe said that you were going to follow up with that. And then you were kind of, maybe it was going to relate to critical role in some yeah. way because it's different than the show or right right yeah yeah i just it was so uh, i don't know um it seems kind of slow rolling as a game i guess you know like i've played rpgs and video games before you know final final fantasy and all these things but it's like uh and i really like that but this is even more so like you just you're like slowly peeling things back as as the story goes on um yeah, well, I don't know. What's your take on normal Dungeons and Dragons? What what is your experience being Cobes? I mean, I've played. Um, I've never played a full campaign because we always end up being ADD about it, and like, or shit happens, or like someone someone can't make it anymore, or someone's too busy. Stuff yeah. Like that. So I've never 
finish that campaign, but I've got far... Actually, no, that's not true. Um, I always end up as a DM because everyone... Everyone's too fucking lazy to do it um, and learn all the rules. Ooh. I'm the one that that does it. <laughs> well, what's a what's a DM? Give us a, give us layman's uh, oh. term. So that's I don't the, know what that that's is. The, that's the the dungeon master or the game master. You're that's dungeon the person master. who's just running running the game, makes the story up, kind of like crowds yeah. everyone, has to plan everything. It's a lot of work, Got- man. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And I saw, like, there, there's the main guy in Critical Role. He's, like, that guy who's, like, long hair, and he does most of the voices and whatnot. Mm. And I think he plays one of the Briarwood... Um, he plays, like, the main Briarwood villain guy who, like, kills Percy's family. Is like, mm. the normal guy in the Critical Role group, right, Scott? I don't know what uh, his name yeah, is. The, Do you know what his name is? Uh, Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer, yep, that's hey, pick it. Pick me up, pick me up. Shit. Oh yeah! God damn it! Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah. you were right oh, yeah. now? Oh my god! I did not even know you were dead. <laughs> it didn't even say anything. Uh, it, like the screen didn't say like stupid dudes down. Like it was just like <laughs> you just looked like you were in battle with us. Oh sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, he gets super into it. I was really impressed yeah. with him. Like he he's like he is kind of what I think of when I think of like people who play Dungeons and Dragons like he's kind of the epitome he's kind of nerdy um, but gets like super into the characters and the stories and like but man the pictures he paints and like the scene and and just the scenario and the characters man he is like so vivid and so descriptive it's really impressive it's really yeah, fucking he cool he is like a top notch DM dude like yeah he gets into it he makes up everything yeah just just his way with he's very good with words and descriptions yeah i'm not as good for sure <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know if i'm sure you do great but i think he, yeah he you could just tell like he's had a lot of experience with it he cares a shit ton he's obviously done some research he's like he comes into the games like super prepared you yeah. know it's not like he just shows up he's like all right we're playing tonight it's like he's thought about the characters they're going to interact with he's thought about like the, the he's done like the accents he's done you know the voices and yeah he's really built it out in his head which is super impressive and that's why it seems like very easy for the rest of the group to like kind of just jump in and and be those characters but it's just intense like being that character for three hours and they're pretty in some ways wildly different than the actual people's personalities based on just like the limited interviews i've seen with the critical role group and uh yeah it's, it's just it's just impressive and the show has turned out fantastic because i mean kind of like us the relationship's fucking awesome and they interact with each other <laughs> super well and uh yeah they just like really kind of like I, you know work as a team in a sense and support each other through the story it's really fucking cool yeah yeah no yeah i agree that they're uh that that when was it who are they fighting right as they were um fighting the 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 blackwoods when they pretty much every one of them had a quote-unquote critical role right they all their, their teamwork was pretty fantastic in that whole segment mm. Yeah, good point. Good, like, way to point out. Because I've thought about that name so much. It's like, it's like literally a play on words of like, you got to roll for like the right move. Plus, they all share this part or role in the group. And you're right. Yeah, I think in the last few episodes, you get to see that, like, what each person brings to the table. And it's like, it's like a ragtag team and whatnot. But it's like, I find that with team up movies where you have like, you know, these oddball teams that not everybody is important to 
the overall story. Like sometimes you're like, that guy was part of the group and he literally fucking didn't do anything in the movie or whatever. (laughs) And this one, they found a way for everybody to really be useful, which shows that I think this is my take on it. I think that they really are good friends. They do care about each other, that they would give everybody, you know, a serious arc in the story and that, you know, they, they're also creative storytellers in the fact that they found ways to make each one of these characters useful in the story. So, I mean, both those things to me were pretty badass. No, definitely agree. Like <clears throat> to what you see in like team ups, like DC's, uh, Justice League or Marvel Avengers, these are all like separate entities mm-hmm. that are their own characters where really critical role D&D as a whole is friends that put on character suits together. So the basis of it is not just commonality in profession, but commonality in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, and the relationships definitely shine through. Like I... I when the show was coming out and Scott kind of told me about it, I was like, what the heck is this? You know, and he had, and I had heard people, you know, through some other games, talk about D and D and talk about like critical role, man, they're blowing up. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And it only like really made sense to me when Scott told me about it. And, uh, then looking it up online, I'm like, wow. Um, yeah, just, just the relationship and the way they build their stories together and all that. It's, it's impressive. Uh, so yeah, anyways, um, yeah, you get a little bit of a taste of that. And it, it does, I feel like this season, I like, I guess kind of bring it full circle. I guess I didn't know how ro- big a role Percy played in the campaigns that they were doing on YouTube, but it is a main focal point for this series uh, in season one on, uh, on Amazon Prime, which is, yeah, which is cool. Um, I like Percy as a character a lot. Uh, I just didn't know it was going to all kind of revolve around him. Was that kind of what you were expecting, Scott? Um, no, well, I, I, I kind of just have some backstory. Like, um, Christine watches, she's watched, like, I want to say a majority of um, the first campaign, if not mm-hmm. all of it. And um, when I was first watching with her, like, when I first found out about it, she was like, oh, you know, she's explaining the same pitch I kind of said to you, like, Oh, this is this is their backstory. This is their relationship and all that stuff. And then they do this cool thing together. Um, mm-hmm. And then when we watched the first episode, she was kind of like, "Oh, it's like okay, I know what part of the campaign. Like, oh, okay, th- it's this part, or you know, that sort of thing." So mm-hmm. I would I just assume that um, it's just focusing on this character right now because I I want to say I, I don't I haven't really played D and D myself, but I want to say the the DM. Um, kind of helps work these characters with each person, and then it's like it, the DM has a big job. Like it's kind of their job to like create an overall story to make it make sense for like whether they know each other beforehand or they have to make it make sense to like where these characters are going to meet each other and like why they're all important to be there. So I was assuming it's like okay, it's his story, and then they're going to maybe go into like you know the backstory of other people and whatnot. And I know they have like an audio book on like. The brother and sister, I believe. So oh, I think Vex there's other Vox? venues you can, yeah, like you can Vex go on to Vax, check out like side stories on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I assumed it was just gonna do it like one at a time. So I figured this season was gonna wrap up like his little storyline. Hopefully, they dive more into all of them later. Like it'd be cool to touch mm-hmm. back on his thing because the way it ended and whatnot, like it'd be interesting to see how he deals with because he, you know, he was dealing with that like demon within him that sort mm-hmm. of whatever it was 
<clears throat> kind of wraps it up. But, you know, after dealing with that, you're like, okay, well, how is he going to stay as cool as he has been throughout okay. the season now? Because he kind of seems to have dealt with that now. So, but, right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I assume they're going to go into the backstory of some other guys, though. Yeah, that's which I really wanted to see Vex and Vax's backstory. Because, like, they're these elves. They have, you know, the Vax, the fee, the sister is kind of more of, she's more of, like, this Legolas character. But also kind of, like, I wouldn't want to say, like, the head, like, not the head of the group, but, like, she kind of steers them in the right directions. You know, like, and, and, and then the whole story with, like, they they both just, like, they could be so badass, but they have like kind of good hearts in a sense. They like, you know, when they don't necessarily need to, I don't know. It was just like, I found them like very interesting. They were also like some of my more favorite characters. I really liked Vex and like his power with the knives and how he throws them and basically kind of like teleports back into his hand. I thought that was really, right. really freaking cool. Yes. Kind of power that he had. Plus he's like, he's kind of their designated lock Smith, although it rarely works, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he does try. Uh, so I definitely was curious about that. Scanlan too, like what's going on with Scanlan? What's Keyleth seems like she comes from, you know, some higher, higher class maybe of like wizards or something and was like excommunicated or like sent out for a bigger purpose. I don't know. So I, I found all of it interesting, but I felt like we only got tidbits of it other than like Percy. And so, yeah. And a little bit of Pike, like we got a little bit of Pike's backstory with her going to the temple to try to like reconnect with the Everlight. So that was uh, right, right, right. Yeah, but man, a- the action animation in it I thought was like super top notch. Uh, yes, right. Oh, and then um, just a little side thing um, with her with the whole Everlight thing. Um, Christine was saying that sort of thing happened, kind of like what Cope said. Like they don't want to. A lot of times when these things fall apart is because like someone can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, because they're all voice actors and like working actors, like she had another gig, I believe. And um, they needed to create a way for her to, like, be able to kind of step out and, like, miss some of the gatherings so she could do her job, like, the oh, other job she had. And then, um, so yeah. he worked, they worked together to create, like, this backstory where, like, she would kind of, like, um, Jedi project herself in to battles and whatnot from where she's trying to, like, oh. figure her stuff out. That makes a ton of sense because she leaves and you're like, okay, that's an interesting choice. She's not like with the whole group anymore. And they're all like, you know, bummed that she's not there. And I was like, I wonder why, you know, like she's kind of one of the bigger, I feel like stars of the show in a sense. Like I, I I know I've seen her from somewhere. I don't remember what she's done. I'd have to look up her IMDb, but it's like, uh, I, I swear she was like, I think she was in the first Avengers movie pretty sure don't quote me on that but i'm pretty oh, damn man. sure see. I, you know i think she was the voice for one of the characters remember that show recess yeah 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 Spinelli? i think she was the voice for the like the nerdy gretchen i think that's her oh okay, but, I mean, okay. That, that's like a far back like i just recognize the voice but i'm sure she's done other things since then but um I remember when Christine was showing me one of the episodes and I heard her talking. I was like, she sounds really familiar. And Mm -hmm. I um, ended up looking it up. Yeah. My brother was a huge Mm -hmm. fan of that cartoon growing up. I was a huge fan of that show. Reasons was perfection. That was a a good show, dude. That was a great show. Maybe watching it longer than most because like, 
my brother's younger than I am, so it's like, you know, by the time the Recess movie came out, we were older, but he's, like, pumped for it, and I'm going to the movies with him to watch it and stuff, you know? Like, let's do it, bro! Like, so, <laughs> I think I got to watch a lot of, like, cartoons longer. Though, I mean, cartoons growing up were actually pretty good, so... Um, yeah, man. Maybe, maybe that's just it, too. You know, there were good cartoons. Yeah, so absolutely. something I have to turn off right now, guys, but I don't know what it is. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm like just parkouring through the city. I feel like Fennec Shan. <laughs> Fennec Shan. Do you feel in Vox Machina that, that, that there, you could make an argument per character that they're like, I don't know, important? I mean, I guess they're all important, but like, I feel like each one of them has their own niche that you could branch off from go deeper into and you, you know you could all say that they have their own like uh even weight versus you know something like lord of the rings where frodo is probably the most important in terms of like character development oh, and things of such you know what i mean like um there's no like super clear lead protagonist I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, there, there's yeah yeah there, there's like someone that maybe helps guide everybody but they're all equals it seems like that's what it feels yes. like right yeah yeah i feel that way too they're all strong in their own sense and they all have their own powers that like even like i would assume like in a normal i guess a stereotypical tv show um scanlan would probably be one of like the weaker of the characters but like the way they make because he's jokey and stuff but the way they make him use his um his instrument and like he basically has like green lantern powers and stuff you're like dude this guy's pretty strong like yeah and he he also ends up transforming and stuff so you're like yeah he actually brings yeah and to that point remember that so there's a part where they are they're kind of double crossed by um by percy's sister right and Mm -hmm. and then the room starts filling with acid and scanlan is used to basically like pick them up meanwhile like grog's diving into the acid to like turn off that switch uh vex is like jumping up because he's agile like they really use like the team dynamic so so well there and he's like i got a rock to keep us all up and it just like it blends together so fucking well i just like i really appreciated that uh part of the story yeah so you yeah to your point drake it doesn't feel like anybody is uh, uh there's not like a main lead in the group they're like they're all kind of leads depending on mm-hmm. the episode in the scenario like one yep, person yep. becomes more important and it's just like fun to see them interact like i have such a blast of like just seeing how like even there's a part where um I think they're going back to Whitestone and uh, Vax and Grog are in the back of like the buggy or like the carriage that they're in. And they're just having this little back and forth. And I was just like, man, that's so interesting because it kind of gives me this like Gimli Legolas dynamic. But, you know, like there's so many interesting little dynamics in the group. It, it's just really freaking cool. So, um, yeah. I like I like that. I like that we don't have to have one guy like this guy's the hero, this guy's like the true leader of the group. Sometimes it's like right. no, everybody is is equally a part of the team and, and carries their own weight. So that's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that they they all just kind of just tell each other to like um, fucking pull it together when yeah. they need to. Like the support for each other is Yeah, like awesome. dude, we really need you to do this right now. And like they'll all, like scan that you gotta hold us up. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to rock and he's like holding and it's like it all determines on him doing it. Or like late like um um shoot, what is uh, her name is slipping, the one that can control um nature and whatnot. 
uh, Keyleth. Like, there's been a couple times, yeah, with Keyleth, where they're like, you have to, like, unleash your sun power or whatever. Like, you got to get mm-hmm. us out of this. And, like, they, they know each other's capabilities, and they, like, they're there to push each other to, like, yeah. their best. And right. um, so it's awesome. kind of cool to see, like, them grow. Like, yeah, it's exciting. You're just totally. like, oh, man, like, you, you, it does feel like a family, and they're all there for each other, and they're all just going to, like get better together like it's cool yeah it is it is it's refreshing to kind of have a story like that where it's like more support than like just fucking bashing each other being like you suck you know it's like i feel like the uh avengers and the guardians of the galaxy and stuff and justice league is kind of promoted like we don't get along like you know but that's what's going to make us a good team right like this is kind of taking a different approach like maybe they've already had those moments of like you know i don't know how i'm going to work with you and they've already like we're catching them when they've already moved past that point and that's really cool to see Mm. oh yeah they have like because i'm pretty sure they mention it that um by the time they start their youtube they started their youtube stuff they had already been playing together for years so right Right. and i think even campaign one there was already like they were already like halfway through or you know they were quite a bit into it and they're like oh we should start um filming this and like i think people want to watch it yeah Well, uh, that's, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I like that, though, that we're not having to catch, like, the genesis of this group. It's like we, you know, we're moving past that point of, you know, we're, we're the unlikely partners. We're the unlikely team. You know, it's like that it works. There's a formula for that. You know, again, not to call, you know, obviously I think James Gunn is amazing and he's fantastic, but he's like the king of taking unlikely groups and putting them together. And then we have, you know, we have the Avengers, we have justice league. Like these are all like, we shouldn't work together, but we have to, you know, and this is showing like, all right, we're past that point. Like, how do we actually work together now? And, yeah how do we overcome challenges like and how do now we know that you're dealing with some shit like how do we i guess support each other move on and work together as a team i like that you know it's uh yeah it's like catching it's like starting at bad news bears two rather than like one and all that yeah the world could definitely use more of that right now for sure right yeah i agree supportive supportive uh, interest jita kyo it yeah. Right. Like, and like you're saying, right, it's just like um, Peacemaker has they're they're a group of people who work together. But, you know, Peacemaker's like it's like the show's called Peacemaker. So it's mm-hmm. like he's the lead. Um, mm-hmm. And then you find out like, oh, yeah, they work together, even though they don't get along most of the time. And so it does follow that sort of we get a lot of those kind of shows. And then with good writing, mm-hmm. you know, some stand out more than others. But, yeah, this one is refreshing how it's like, OK, you like they're all they all kind of like society sees them all shitty like you know they're like in a bar drinking they're poor and they're like we got to get our shit together but they stick together but they're all i mean and they're all i mean kind of on the same level in a sense you know like they're all just trying to chug beers and like you know like their priorities are like let's just kind of get enough to like party and have a good time but they're all kind of badasses in their own right you're like how did this like weird bunch of people get together get together right i love i know yeah i love that it kind of doesn't it doesn't need to dwell on them forming for it to have like a substantial story and for us to care about the characters like they're all dealing with their personal their own personal things but it's like they're yeah yeah they're overcoming it's just cool it's really good highly recommend it uh yeah the action in the last few episodes is super fucking good i um I i will say like again like another amazon prime show i think we're going to talk about reacher like i like the start of it more than more than i like the ending of it but it um 
it works. It works all the way through. It's very steady. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys want to go into Reacher now or, yeah, if you have any anything else you want to say about Vox, the legend of Vox Machina. Uh, I think. Uh, no, I just can't wait yeah. for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. I loved me too. it. Yeah. Me too. It was, it was great. It had a perfect mixture of everything, action, comedy, hard, uh, compelling story. Yeah. So right. for sure. And if, if like someone's listening and they haven't watched it yet, like, um, it's a pretty easy watch. Like you can kind of just throw it on and they're 30, they're like 30 minute episodes, you know? So you can, you don't have to watch them all in a row. It's, but it's, it's great. It's good storytelling and good animation. Like overall, it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. good. It's something <laughs> familiar, but different. Yeah. 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 Well said. For sure. Well, right on. Well, uh, I know that a few of us have had the chance to watch Reacher. Um, what do we think? I, 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 I dug it. Uh, <laughs> it sucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was too tall. I turned it off. No. Uh, so, I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, Cruise, I, I didn't man. get his part. Lo- nothing like Tom <laughs> <Yeah>. Cruise. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get further than the last time we spoke about it. Um, as everyone knows there's a ton of great stuff to watch always and there's mm-hmm. things we watch outside of the things we talk about um, yeah. as well so AKA it's really anything wives and fiancés wanna... watch hey, oh. yeah yeah exactly so um, <laughs> um i do want to watch it but at the moment um yeah my I still think it's cool thus far. I haven't gotten as far as like the endings remind us, my mind, but, remind, yeah. remind me where you ended again like what was the last thing you remember um, from it the, he found out his um, brother was murdered. Mm, okay. Oh, that's like so, early on. So episode one. That's like the first episode. I'm trying to make it sound cooler than uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, from the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Yeah, we know you're busy. Uh, yeah, Drake, what about you, man? Um, so having watched both Jack Reacher and Jack Reacher 2 with the wondrous Kobe Smulders. Mm-hmm. I think um, definitely different in terms of typecasting, um, but I do respect like what they're trying to do. It's a lot more intimidating. It's a lot, it's a lot more playful. Obviously, Tom Cruise is so high profile that you kind of have to make him look good for Scientology's sake. And um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this so, was huh? like true jack reacher status like he felt like jack reacher it was a great casting the story however kind of went sideways. i think after you know the first five or six episodes you Mm -hmm. kind of get a gist and then towards the end the conclusion is just very um expected and not as um impressive as i thought it would be Totally. Yeah, so it was it was a little like ex- oh wait, it was a little bland. Um oh, yeah, okay. it was like a little like yeah, yeah, it just it's just like oh, okay. You know, like it it wraps it up nicely, but it's 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 only satisfying in the fact that it's how you would expect it to go, but nothing super interesting. It feels like the more interesting and the surprises were kind of towards the beginning. Mm. Okay. Right? Yeah. Sorry. What were we gonna say, Scott? No, no. no. I was gonna say like in, like in a comparison to a movie like John Wick, where 
you once you know the premise and once the ball starts rolling, you you know the ending and you you just want to see him do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're like he's just gonna tear shit up and it's gonna end with him being the victor, but the journey's gonna be cool. Was it like that or was like the journey just kind of got less cool, but he ends up like doing the things you expected? Is that like more along those lines? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he. He does what he says he's going to do, right? He wants to find the people that kill his brother. Like, he, he finds them. Um, and there is kind of a little bit of some cool action. It just it just feels... I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just feels like it doesn't hit the mark, and you don't feel that boom of, like, yes, they, they got him, they did it. Like, I... I I don't know. You were like, yeah, they got him. But for me, it just never really hit. Like, it was like, oh, man, yeah. It was just like, okay, cool. Like, the people got busted that I thought were going to get busted. Um, you know. He, killed, he thought were going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, and uh, hmm, I want to, yeah. It's hard to say because I don't really want to ruin it for you. I, I uh, see. Okay. Yeah, but, but um yeah, it just doesn't end up hitting that like boom that you really want out of it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I forget. I felt that way a little bit about Vox Machina and Reacher a little, a little bit like I felt like nothing to take away from it. I thought they're both fantastic shows. Highly recommend everybody to watch it. But I, I felt like I guess the starts were stronger than the finishes. Oh, yeah, 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 oh OK. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, but um, as far as as far as he goes, the actor Alan Richardson fully delivers. He, mm-hmm. I, I think he has the perfect amount of like badassness with humor, with um, just the look. I mean, he looks fucking ferocious. He's he's massive. Um, everywhere he goes, he looks like he's like way too big to be there. And like I love like there's this joke kind of they running throughout the show. Oh, where you guys? Oh, get in the elevator. Okay, there's uh this joke that kind of goes on where he uh. You know, the guy's kind of teasing him, like, how do you eat all this crap and, like, look the way you do? And and it's true. Like, he he's, like, eating, I don't know, just, like, pies and candy from the vending machine and, like, you know, baby back ribs and plain toast and everything. And he just looks like <laughs> just, like, he looks like it's he trains the rock. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, when, do you, when do you train, bro? He's like, how do you eat all... The guy literally says, like, how do you eat all of that and still look like you do? And he's like, oh, genetics. And, like, that's Is literally, like, yeah. the only explanation. He just breeze over... The, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> Is that guy supposed to be, like... Is he related to Grog from um, Emperor's New Groove? Like in real life. Which... Guy. I mean, they just oh, look familiar, though, right? Yeah. Oh, the guy familiar. who um, does all like the national uh, rental car commercials. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't right. think they are. We have to look that I up. But I, I don't think they. I don't think they are. I think it's convenience. And like the guy oh, who played okay. the Tick, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. I love that guy. Uh, but yeah, don't yeah, remember his name right now. <laughs> Apologize to that guy for not remembering his name. Uh, yeah. So, okay. But he, uh, yeah, he, Alan Richards does a great job. I can't wait to see. I, I do want to see a season two. Um, yeah, I want to see what else he can discover because just him as a detective is also really impressive. Like, I thought it was a really mm. good kind of detective story. And, like, you know, all these deep secrets in a small small town USA was, was a cool premise. And, uh, yeah, he, he does a good job of just making it work like he he doesn't fit in and fits in at the same time and it's yeah it's cool 
He's a cool character. Nice. Yes. So you think um, it'd be good to see a season two? I would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I would for sure. I think the part where it kind of falls apart for me is, you know, he to give him more detective like things, the the story gets a little convoluted and you're and then you start for me, this probably won't be the case for a lot of other smarter people, but for me it was like wait, why is he going there? What is the point of doing this? Oh, and then it all kind of ties together and but you're just like, was that really necessary to make that make sense? Like I, I don't know. It just kind of felt like there was filler things to show his detectiveness rather than him just like detective discover, just discovering things. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, it felt like there, it felt to me like it's something that was implanted into a story for plot points rather than just like this natural flowing progressive story. And then it, you know, it turns oh. into this like really big thing within the, the city and whatnot. And yeah. some of it's cool, but not all of it to me ended up feeling like it paid off. I think to your point, if they did a better job at allowing Reacher to be the almost like the Sherlock, right, where he's just his observations and his deductive capabilities is kind of leading his story. I felt like if that was more there, I would have thought he was more badass versus kind of other. But, you know, that's just, I guess, one point to see. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with that actually, for sure. Yeah, so Reacher, uh, pretty good show, pretty good action. Um, yeah, again, uh, not it wasn't a ten out of ten for me, but it was. Yeah, I'm say yeah, I would say solid seven, solid eight, hard eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's a good score. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Well, let's see. So, Drake, do you have a hypothetical for us? Um, I do, toast for goats, do, do. Do you have one? No. Sir, please, could I get more? <laughs> Hit me with more your hypotheticals. Uh, let me get into the Fire away. <laughs> it was pretty late, but it was purposely late. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so this hypothetical is um it can be specific, but I'm going to keep it broad just so you can kind of insert your own ideas. And this is more of like a kind of like an interesting choice thought hypothetical. Mm. So a life-changing idea. And what I mean by that is like on a global scale, it affects pretty much everything, whether it's human beings, the environment, animals, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. Okay. Why am I so scared we're going to sacrifice puppies right now? <laughs> <laughs> if I can teleport, I'll do it. Yes. So... Uh, and this life-changing idea is something that was presented to a big company. And uh, the company is essentially on the precipice of going uh, like global. Okay, So essentially, if they took this idea from this individual, they would be the new Amazon slash Tesla 10,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now... Um, it's it's to an extent on a yes no basis there are some factors that 
are going to hinder, I guess, the overall feeling of good that it's going to do. But essentially, you find out that the product or the thing or the idea in itself, even though it's extremely game changing, it could help a lot of people, but it could also be extremely detrimental in the wrong hands. And what I mean by that is like it could essentially be an extinction event if it were to get into the wrong hands. And this is the, the big if, right? And so as the company, do you purchase the rights for the production and the product and the, um, the, the IP and destroy it off of the face of the earth? Or do you produce it in hopes that it never gets into the wrong hands? Okay. So the, the choices are essentially keep something <laughs> from being potentially dangerous or to do it and having to navigate its dangers, which are unprecedented. Hmm. <clears throat> See, this is, this is why I feel like this one seems a little, to me, it seems a little no brainer. And, and I ho hope you guys maybe have a, a different take, but as a company, the goal of any company is to make money. That's like the blood of the company. So if the idea is, do we not produce this because, you know, it could be detrimental to the world, but we're going to make money. I think depending on the leadership, <laughs> nine out of 10 times, they, like most they do it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like you just do it. Like, I feel like they do it. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they're going like to either way, dude. Right. Uh, did you yeah. say your question though? Or, or is it like you personally would, if you have the yeah. control over yeah. the company, like would you Essentially, do it? Oh, yes, we? Yes. oh, okay. Okay. I miss, yeah. I'm, I miss, uh, interpreted yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Then, Again, again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, well... Because <laughs> it, like, be, it could be for the better, right? You're saying, like, it, it could go either way, right? Hey, shoot this guy on our car. Okay, hmm? shooting him. Is he downstairs? He, he, he dead. Well, so the reason, I mean, it, it, and I can see for us, I think it's definitely a no-brainer, but I think the reason why it was so general in the um, approach is because I think there are some factors or some ideas that to an extent would be acceptable and wouldn't be acceptable. So I guess the even deeper question is what would we choose to mitigate the risk versus what we would completely take off the board. So, so okay. So, um, I guess my challenge with this is like, so what, what type of extinction level, like everybody's going to get like some type of like, radiation or like disease or like you know what i mean like what what is it yeah like what what am i so, what are we afraid will happen well okay so the uh, one of the thought processes came from me watching something that i don't remember what i was watching but so for example a scientist has found uh, a strain of uh, fungus that if manipulated in a certain way essentially could to an extent auto heal you Mm -hmm. wow. And so the, the fungus in itself has to be, A, maintained and controlled by you as an individual, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The issue is, is that if it is not maintained, and also it can be manipulated. So fungus in itself is kind of like a, a symbiotic type of, uh, I guess, plant. And so 
it needs essentially to feed off of something as it can also give back and there's some evidence to say that trees and fungus also communicate and give each other energy so now imagine that an individual has put that fungus into another individual that maybe isn't um you know mentally stable or whatever whatever and then that person's fungus turns essentially rancid and now you have a potential zombie situation <laughs> There right, it is. Like, I, you know, I knew zombies yeah, were coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, granted, you're as as a business, right? You're thinking about the practical applications and what kind of profit it would give you. But how often do companies think about the detriment? And I know it's not a lot, but yeah. how? Uh, what then would warrant deeper investigation? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting question. Yeah. It's this funny. Is like, a deep one, man. Yeah, this is, it, one, it reminds me of this thing that, um, I was listening to another podcast called stuff. You should know really interesting. Two funny guys. I host it. Um, they were talking about, um, who made the Nobel peace prize and it's ba based off this guy whose last name was Nobel, but he, uh, what's funny about it is he made his, he was like, kind of like a real life Tony Stark for the time. He was like this crazy inventor. He made like, I think they said $30 million back in like 1920 or something like that. Something crazy. Like he, he basically invented dynamite. So, um, yeah, they, they, you know, what's funny here is like this guy who literally created, you know, something that would kill millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people would uh, create the Nobel Peace Prize. So they were like, you know, so there's a lot of parallels to him and Tony Stark. But anyways, uh, they were saying that, um, you know, when he died, he basically kind of regretted the fact of like how dynamite was end up being used. And in his head, he, I guess he saw it as like this positive thing, but, um, he made like so much money for the day and age and then, uh, turned it around and was like, I don't want this money to like, just go to my kids. He's like, I want a good chunk of the money to set up this award for like world peace and whoever like demonstrates like the greatest level of, you know, uh, establishing world peace, they'll get this, this money every year, like a million dollars every year. And he basically okay, set up this trust for money for that. Yeah. Yeah. You get a million dollars if you win like the Nobel peace prize, uh, which the, with the idea that you're going to use the money to further your goals of like creating more peace. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think, it, I think the question really is like, if it is directed to us, then it's, you know, it's easy for us all to, I, I was just, I'm speaking generally, I guess it's easy for me to say, yeah, of course I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, I wouldn't just, you know, distribute this for the money or whatever. But like, if you're, if you have something that can give you Apple money, like $3 trillion, I think that's pretty hard to refute. Like you, I, can, I don't even know if you can fathom like that level of, I, I can't fathom that level of money. Like I don't understand what it's like to have private chefs and private jets and private estates, you know, all these things like that your life becomes when you have that type of money. So for me, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I'll, I'll, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know if I can give like a truthful, honest answer. I can say what I think I would do, but I don't know if I would honestly, you know, say, Oh, you know, I wouldn't create this product because of the danger. But even though I know mm. I can make a ton of money where I feel like that, you know, that's, that's like the good kind of good guy answer, but I don't know if that's the truth. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because no, we don't, we, yeah. we don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. Like, someone's like, oh, this would, you're like, oh, would you do this? It could possibly destroy humanity. But here's a hundred billion dollars. You're like, well, I wonder what a hundred billion dollars is like. I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> and also it comes down to, um, like, what's the percent chance that this horrible thing's going to happen? You totally. Know, like, yeah, that's a big factor like a point, too. Zero 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 one percent chance. That could still be too much of a percent chance. Like point zero 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 one for zombie apocalypse. Like that's still like end of days, right? So like in someone's hands, that might still be too much of a um, percent to even attempt it. But for a lot of people, that might be like that's fucking never gonna happen though. So right, yeah, right. like you're saying, it's hard to know, and like it depends on how sure you are of if it's your product, how sure you are in your product, and how much you believe in your thing. Or if you're just like reading about an investment and you're like, hmm, this seems like a good guy, like that's a different thing altogether as well. So um, mm-hmm. that is a hard question, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we all what it'd be like to live through a zombie apocalypse. So you're winning either way. <laughs> you could be rich in the zombie apocalypse. Set yourself up good, you know, make sure you live. Maybe you don't want to live. Maybe, that, yeah, that's kind of a thinky too. It's like, do you want to be <laughs> the wealthiest guy in a zombie apocalypse? Like, I mean, if you prepared correctly, right? You got the underground bunker with like all the farms set up. You know, maybe you're like, Mars by then. Yeah, dude. Mars is like living. Uh, Mars looks depressing. It probably is depressing. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine like the first group of people living on Mars are going to like follow like rules until they want to not follow them anymore? Like they're who's not gonna make sure yeah. they follow rules. <laughs> like, they're, and they're not yeah. coming back. Like those first people <laughs> yeah, that go there, exactly. they're never coming back. That's oh, the that's, Wild West. That's where you go. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, I don't even know if you can give it like coordinates or like a geographical <laughs> right. direction, but, but yeah, um, it's something. Not necessarily it's wild, West, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's the wild unknown for sure. Yeah, um, and literally no rules. Like you, you live by. I mean, granted, you hope perfectly smart and capable people go to begin with, but even then, right? What's their breaking points? And that—that's an interesting thing that they yeah, talk about. Yeah, for sure. I because that's again, yeah. I think this is what's difficult about that question. It's it's what. Uh, you know, you're literally asking, it's like, what drives you? Is it money or is it world peace? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and it's like, uh, hmm, I don't, you know, like everybody wants the uh, pageant answer. Like I want world peace, but it's also like, but until someone offers you, you know, the Jung Ho, uh, squid games, Hey, this could turn your life around money. Like, what do you, you don't know. I feel like until you're truthfully in that situation. Definitely. It harkens back to um, what the frick was we watching? I was watching something where um, this this mentor character was saying sometimes um, you're gonna have to choose between doing the easy thing and the right thing. Mm-hmm. Is that and, uh, Batman number two? Possibly no. It was it was like a I want to say. It was a uh, what is that guy's name? Uh, Robert De Niro or something like that. Some some person like that. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. But anywho, sir, the idea of that sort of discipline, like it would, I think obviously it would depend on like what the potentiality for like world destruction you could do versus the world benefit. At the same time, oh. it's still. 
we kind of got away from the benefit part of it huh yeah 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 i didn't i sorry i i realized like my focus kind of went away from that you're right um because I mean, again, I feel like this is literally just the script of Resident Evil. Oh. <laughs> because yeah. they, they were yeah. making like beauty products, right? Or something. But that's what uh, I think. Umbrella, well, yeah, pharmaceuticals. Oh, right. Like Umbrella Academy was trying to like create not Umbrella Academy. Uh, the Umbrella Corporation was literally just trying to create like a cure and that cure, you know, for <laughs> everlasting life. And then it turned into like zombies. So. I don't know. For me, I've seen too many zombie movies to feel like it's worth the risk. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fucking with zombies is pretty much going to be a negative always. Yeah. But. I wonder what's our obsession. Like, it makes me wonder because I started playing Days Gone and I've had it for a while in my library and I was like, I don't know. Today it was just like, ah, I'm just going to play Days Gone. So I put it on mm-hmm. and. I was just, it made me wonder, like, what is our obsession with, like, zombie apocalypses? Like, what is, you know, like, why, do, why is that such, like, a big thing? It was such a huge thing in video games and movies and comics and shows. Like, why was it so big and why are people obsessed with it? They, I, I don't think, know. So the, the general analysis over the course of, um, I guess you could say, American history is the, with comic books in itself or even just in entertainment. There were points in time where you had these um themes so for example orson wells um uh no was it orson wells the individual who when, when they used to have like radio stories mm-hmm. um on the rate just on the radio you know what I'm uh um why can't i think of his name right now the guy who did like american psycho and all that i feel like he had a radio show um yeah oh, you know what i'm talking about Scott? average hitchcock oh, yes no, yeah. yes average hitchcock yeah. i'm pretty sure i had a show <laughs> or like a radio so, talk yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like these kinds of um quote unquote shows, right? That spoke about invasions. And at that time, we were thinking about, you know, uh, pre-cold pre or post-war, pre-cold war. So we were de- dealing with invasion type things. Or we even before then we had like vampires, which essentially to an extent you could say that, you know, a stronger individual that was able to take over your mind. And a lot of this had to do with like um like communism and and uh you being um pulled into that like socialist type of theme at the time mm-hmm. and then um what was the next one we then there was zombies to a point in time and there there was another run of like um very specific themed like entertainment shows but right to sorry to make a long story short it's a reflection on society as a whole. Like, if we think about the movies like The Purge or, you know, all the zombie movies, we're seeing these huge cataclysmic events, right, where people are forced to come together under extenuating circumstances, but at the same time, they can essentially initiate a martial law. So they don't have to really stick to the rules. It is really based on the morality of the character that we see in these shows and that's kind of what we're attracted to is being able to see the morality through all of this negative detriment um, around us and even though sometimes we have to impose on that negative threat uh, at the end of the day it's the morality that's keeping us surviving that's keeping us quote unquote together from from one perspective yeah 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 that was awesome very yeah very cool take yeah I, I, I agree I think you uh, one of the, for me, one of the strong points that you hit was 
uh, yeah, just the, the idea of like, of society and the rules just breaking down. I, I think that's kind of, I feel like that's part of the appeal, right? Cause you always wonder like, you're like, man, if she like all fell apart tomorrow, which, which I don't know. I feel like we've just experienced that. We literally just got out of a pandemic, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, that, you know, we think at its worst, you know, an easy scenario is zombie apocalypse. All right. There's, you know, you know, society is breaking down or whatever. And like, how will we as people, handle this yeah i i agree those are like the positive side to it of people still having humanity and getting together but i just yeah the more i i guess i'm still kind of wondering what's the fascination of of that you know i i, I don't know i you know i guess we'd have to think of something extreme to strip us down to you know the bare bones of what is to survive right and a zombie apocalypse usually is a pretty easy solution to that plus it you know there's there's the, the the violin side of it too where you get to just like destroy everything right and you don't have to care about killing humans like if you play a game where you're fighting humans like at the end of the day you're like killing a bunch of like real people uh you know even if they're fake or npcs or whatever in that world you're still killing like people if you're killing zombies you're like well they're not alive anymore they you know they're just savages and i get to destroy them so i think there is some of that um uh, but yeah, it is interesting that that like I think you brought up some good historical reasons of why people are are interested with zombie apocalypse. But it's like I wonder why that persists so prevalent prevalently prevalent. Why can't I say this? You know the word I'm trying to say. But I just it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Prevalently prevalent. whatever. I'm not gonna get it. But uh. Anyways, it is it is an interesting yeah it's just an interesting thought series, uh, yeah um, uh, yeah interesting good a good hypothetical definitely was a thinker, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know uh, again yeah I want to just say like yeah I, I would never do it for the money but it's like I don't know what that kind of money would do and and yeah like who knows what you know the the, the chance sounds so slim but. Uh, uh, I'm a big believer if there is a chance it could happen and I don't know if I would take that risk. I don't know. Do you guys, does Scott, uh, Cobes, do you have any, any uh, perspective on it? Hmm. I mean, there's a good chance I'd probably do it, dude. Like, right. Fuck. That, that's like an insane say, amount of money. Of fucking money. Yeah, that's an insane yeah. amount of money, you know. I mean, literally, lives, you could do you could do a lot of good with that with that kind of money too. You know, that's it, mm, it, sure. It, it might not all all be about yourself. You know, with you could fucking feed the world, maybe buy hot homes for people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah if, you could. If, if, if you become a zombie, then we'll fuck. <laughs> yeah, but then you're the person responsible for like you're like the Eternals. Like you let Tiamat out with like a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and like I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to sway you. That's, yeah, I, I think you're. That'd be very valid for sure. I mean, can you imagine? Like, even like five million dollars, I feel like would be pretty life changing. You know, yeah. so like, if you said like, if you were talking Jeff Bezos money, like, yeah, it's unfathomable for me. Like, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you literally can do anything you want now. 
Yeah, they, I mean, he built a rocket ship so him and his buddies could like go to space for fun. Yeah, for funsies. He's also yeah, he's trying to deconstruct and rebuild a bridge just so he can get his yacht out of a harbor or something, right? Like, <laughs> oh, really? Out of out of harbor, oh my god! The harbor. This is the most rich people fucking problem I've ever heard. It's amazing. But, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. like this. This these people agreed to build his yacht knowing full well he wouldn't be able to sail it out so i don't know what happened there but um <laughs> he uh then he's like oh fuck it i'll just um you know just tear it down and rebuild it and apparently it's been done before in the past too but to have that kind of fuck you money we're just like fuck it we'll just rebuild the bridge you want another one we'll build it on the other side too where do you want the bridge i'll get all of the amazon drones to lift it up and drop it down <laughs> Uh, yeah. So we don't even need any manpower. Yeah. It'd be great. I'll go yeah. full Mysterio on this shit, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, for sure. Uh, wow. Well, it's awesome. Great thinker uh, of a question. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I liked it. Last one. All right, let's get into Peacemaker, and we'll talk a little bit about Book Club, and we'll wrap it up. Sweet Peacemaker Finale 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 It was the end We got to see John Cena's Peacemaker And the ragtag group of Or I guess remaining group of Project X Go and take down the butterflies And uh, Yeah I thought I thought it delivered Uh, You know Leave it to James Gunn To kind of Wrap up uh, You know The story with some heart With action With some humor Uh, You know It was a little bit of everything and you know i was ultimately pretty satisfied with the end i thought it was a pretty perfect show like if i didn't get a season two i would have been cool with that uh but yeah we are getting season two so that's exciting what was your guys take on on peacemaker favorite uh, and also like some favorite parts and anything that you noticed that was not that great mm. um you know, I really enjoyed it too. Um, I thought it was hilarious. There were parts. I'm not trying to think. I think there was like a part or two where I was like, maybe there's little too many jokes. I forget what it was, but there's sometimes a vigilante. I'm like, they don't always Whoa. land with me, but oh, most times they do. You? Most times they do. Okay, but sometimes yeah. they don't all land. But I'm also like, this guy's a psychopath. He doesn't care if they land or not. So it's funny. Yeah. Um, sociopath. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, sociopath. Yeah, and um. They're, yeah, they're, like, as soon as he was, like, listing all the helmets, and they're like, this is, uh, you know, human torpedo, I'm like, oh, for sure that's how they're beating this thing. Like, I was like, I don't know who's <laughs> flying into this thing. Someone's putting that on, they're flying into this thing. Um, and then, um, even the anti-gravity one, I was, like, talking with Christine, and I'm like, so wait, does that thing just lift you by your head? Or does it, like, bring your whole body with you? Because, like... That's a pretty bad. And I'm like, it must bring your whole body. And I'm like, so wait, would he just have to like keep turning it on and off in order to get there? Cause it's nothing for him to like, Oh, but actually did he mention some sort of belt? Yeah. That would, he, like, he was like, him? he was like, Oh, obviously I have like a little propeller gun. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Like a little fan <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah it's so fan. ridiculous. It's <laughs> like for anti-gravity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That, that's why I like that. The show is so silly thus far. So we can get a line like that and be like, fuck it. He would do that. And like, he would think it'd work like that. Um, um, and it's acceptable. Um, 
but yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, it was a little weird that the three of them, when they went in, were able to kind of like beat all those butterflies. Um, when like they're so they're supposed to be super strong and whatnot. So that was a little weird, but I also I thought it was really cool because they went in there and then you know tore it up. Um, and yeah, that was hilarious with the activate human torpedo thing. That was great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, two times and like it's funny that she good thing she kept flying the right way like what if she yeah. just flew straight up like <laughs> she just kept kind of leaning forward like what's going on and then like going i thought it was great um but yeah overall like you said it could have been a one-off and i would have been if it was just like a mini series like this is all we get it would have been great um to hear that we're getting another season that's freaking awesome i can't wait to see um, what the next story is going to be with these guys because they seem to have been like you know grow- they've they've all grown a good bond together and um, also fucking um, oh, I forget his name I know he had this whole thing about Die Beard in this episode and oh, I yeah. I still John, forgot yeah. his name and I called him Die Beard right afterwards um, <laughs> John John Economos. <laughs> John Economos, fucking yeah. great. It was so funny when he trips over the fence and like hurts his leg, like so ridiculous. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. Those are like pretty, those are like the highlights I can think of right now. Um, what about you guys? What do you think? Drake, Cope? Drake or Cope? Kobe, go. Mm, gotta remember. <clears throat> Let's see. So, episode starts off there in front of the farmhouse right with limited weapons and stuff and they're like how are we gonna how are we gonna take them down they send economos no 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 they try to get eagerly to drop the the, the helmet yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he doesn't understand you peacemaker that that joke was such a slow burn and i loved it i was like because for a second it's taking so long you're like he's gonna do it like he's gonna drop the helmet on the board like hell yeah and then he just like takes a like slight right turn and just like keeps going you're like where the fuck is he going and he just keeps going keeps going you're like drop it drop it drop it like nope he finally drops it like way the hell out there you're like god damn it (laughs) yeah Yeah, shit yeah Yeah, Uh, that's pretty funny that part was great um good night oh Uh, fun fact the um the him seeing his dad like i um i'm sure you saw too there was an interview that um um kevin smith did with james gunn and then he was talking about like his his run on peacemaker and how it combined it like a couple different ones he read and like one Mm. of them is um where he sees his dad in his head like all the time so Mm -hmm. and he kind of combined that so that that's kind of interesting too like we're gonna get to we're gonna get to see his crazy dad like as like horrible as that character was like that actor did such a good job portraying that guy like yeah uh, i think it's gonna be interesting to see him like still battling his like inner demon um with that guy um yeah 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 absolutely i like that that they're still incorporating that yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like a polka, polka dot man thing a little bit. It's kind of like, uh, I didn't watch all of the series, but Hit Monkey, where like the monkey mm-hmm. is always tied to Jason Sudeikis. Uh, even though Jason Sudeikis is dead, but he's kind of like a ghost that's like tied to the monkey. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So yeah, I did like that too. Um, he's a great actor. Uh, you know, the guy from The Terminator. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I saw. Terminator? 
Yeah, he's T2. He's yeah. T2. Yeah, he's the liquid guy. Oh, that's him? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, what? A, that's yeah. who the dad is. He's yeah, racist. Robert Robert oh, something. Shit. I don't remember I his full name. Now. now that you say that, I see it, but it's like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's. I mean, he's still around and kicking. He did. He. I was just like, man, that guy's still acting. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So your point, what Scott was saying when he was talking about like his dad, uh, Peacemaker's dad, the White Dragon, was kind of like James Gunn's version was a version of like two characters from the comics, or like two different runs in the comics of that, like you know, the the daddy sees in his head, and then also like the white dragon was only in like the first issue ever, or like only in a couple issues ever of the suicide squad, right. Where he played the white dragon. So he literally just like combined those two, those two okay, stories come, into come this me, one Thomas character. And Drake. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to come your way. Yeah. But it's cool. Like, it's nice that we're still going to see him. I liked, I liked, I was actually satisfied. Uh, one thing that I thought was really good was I was actually satisfied with like the reason why the butterflies were, were trying to take over because they're like, they're not what you think and all this stuff. And you're like, what could possibly be their reason for like taking over their brain? You know, like in Animorphs, it's like the worst thing ever. But in this one, like what's the reason why they can justify that? And I thought they did a good job. Um, you know, like you guys are, you know, our planet was much like yours and then we ruined it and you humans are basically screwing it up. So we wanted to like just take over the top officials and then oh, I'm down around this corner. If somebody could grab me before I die. And then uh, we're going to take over and, you know, we're going to do it right because you guys are, you know, you obviously can't handle you. You have all the answers. You you're not listening to science. You have all the right things and you're basically spitting it in its face and you're going to destroy yourselves basically in this planet along with it. And uh, I I like that reason for me. It, maybe it was the way it was delivered, but everything about it seemed to to make sense. And I think if I go back and watch the season again, it's going to you know, that point is going to maybe resonate a little bit more. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will also make me hate Peacemaker a little bit more too, because he constantly is getting in the way of things. Yeah, I know. But yeah, in the, in the best possible way. I mean, John Cena can't say enough good things about his performance of this. He was fucking awesome, funny, like definitely looked like an action. How was the shield? I mean, he came in with a shield and a sword, and that was badass. Yeah. it makes me think that like shields are pretty freaking cool like i you know when i uh, i always used to think it was cool in the comics to see captain america doing it whatever but i was like that could never work in real life and and then uh, the avengers made it seem like okay that could be that could work but you know there's like this gravity defying aspect to it and then seeing this you know more so i'm like damn shields are sick like i want a shield if right if the zombie apocalypse apocalypse does hit i'm freaking carrying a shield to your point (laughs) i think that um interesting right how in the final episode which you could consider them having gone through the most character development instead of bringing like a big ass ar right he brought a shield he had a p90 but he used a shield primarily and that's Mm -hmm. kind of more of a testament you could say that it's more of a testament to how his thought process has changed and towards how he's um confronting the things in front of him, right? Going in with a shield versus a gun, he's going in inherently to defend himself, quote unquote himself, versus utilizing a weapon to destroy. You could make the argument. Right. Like he's he's become more like he's taking more of a defensive stance rather than like an offensive stance. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's and true. An- another thing that um stood out I think was the uh Scott, get in here. 
when um, his dad started reappearing. And I know that uh, how it is in the comics, but uh, so far, uh, Peacemaker has been portrayed as this individual who is really struggling with, you know, coming to grips with his father. And then, you know, he kills his father and he thinks it's good to go. But at the end of the day, he realizes that it's innate and it's a part of him and he's a part of his dad etc etc so he can never you can, it, it harks on to you can never really run away from the things that you need to confront right because he never really confronted his dad he just shot him in the head so yeah yeah i think yeah that's one take i also have the the take that i felt a little bit more was like he um you know like he's still the re- he's still this guy he's still this killing machine and a hero in a sense that he becomes at the end because of the lessons his dad instilled in him whether he liked the oh. way they were instilled or not like even though they were fucked up the way he was teaching him he still um he still became this badass guy and who wouldn't have stopped this alien invasion had it not been for like the way his dad turned him into a weapon mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know and yeah maybe yeah i think there is a little bit of like he's he can't let go of it you know like he'll he'll never be able to let go of like the torture that his dad has done to him but he's he it seems like he's almost made peace with it like even though his dad's sitting there he's drinking the beer they kind of look at each other they acknowledge each other but it's not going to be the thing that like holds him back anymore you know he's just going to have to move along with this this burden mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i know definitely i it, i think it harks on to again how complex the series as a whole is like we, you know James Gunn did a really good job again bringing cast members together and like making it kind of work and be funny but at the same time like how complex it is for something so simple that that was just really um you know a secondary tertiary character story mm-hmm. yeah yeah he just does a really good job and uh, yeah, I'm just literally stealing his words here, but he does a good job of taking these superheroes or villains and giving them really like powerful and moving human stories that anybody can relate to. Right. And yeah, and he, he, he did it again. You know, I like that. He had an interesting take too in that interview with Kevin Smith. He was like, he's like in this world, the world that like I, I do like some of the heroes wear costumes and some don't. And then it totally makes sense. Cause you look at like Leota or the Autobio and you look at Harcourt, like they're just as much heroes as peacemaker in the end, but they don't wear the, the costume, right? They, they're just, they're just people. And yeah, in his world, you I guess it gives space for people who are not, you know, typical heroes or don't dress like them, whatever, to still be a hero. And that's that's something uh, very cool. I think that's like kind of an original take, in a sense, you know, because normally in superhero Definitely. movies to be a hero, unless you're like the sidekick that's about to turn into a hero, you're usually just a normal person at the start and then like in the next movie then you get a costume because you've moved up to the rank of like legitimate hero you know mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah so yeah badass I also liked uh, so what'd you guys think about the uh, cameo at the end <laughs> that was so loved funny, it dude. loved it <laughs> yeah. fuck you Barry oh, shit, you know what? it's I great know. great to see Momoa 
What? Oh, no, no. Okay, I got that. Right. Yeah, yeah. With Jason yeah. Momoa? I know. Trash? Come on. I thought you missed that. Post credit. No, no. You know, was there post credit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there was a post credit of this one, but that was, was like, like right little, at the very end. Just a jokey thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah that nice. was that was funny. Do we know why they didn't put in Henry Cavill and or yeah, uh, my, Gal Gadot? Well, my my thing is, oh well, my! I think it's because they have movies coming out. There's Aquaman okay. 2 and they got the Flash movie coming out. They're probably oh, okay. contracted mm, to like mm, be in mm. so many things um, before their movies and whatnot. And makes sense. Right now, I haven't heard of yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I agree. I think I've heard that somewhere. But like, they're the two that have like confirmed movies uh, coming out. Right. Like the Flash and yeah. Aquaman and Batman. We don't know if uh, what's his name. Uh, ben Affleck is coming back and we don't know if uh what is oh and uh what's his name with everything going on um Ray Fisher Cyborg he's you know with all the things he said about the bad treatment he got from Joss Whedon on set and all that he's pretty much probably not coming back right that was like kind of the Mm -hmm. whole whole thing so yeah, but anyways, there was a, a big thing that was going around Twitter was that they're a, they actually filmed that scene with a stand-in for Superman and Batman and then took them out last second. So that's also kind of interesting. I wonder why they had a scene filmed with them and then took them out. Hmm. What, do you guys, what, what do you guys think it could be? Like why, why film something with them and then be like, no... Let's just Unless take it. Wait, I thought they, Superman was there. I thought it was Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, and Superman. Sorry, yeah, it yeah. was Cyborg and Batman that weren't there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah um, um, it could. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Scott. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I, I'm just thinking, like, it probably, like, well, let's just film it and we can always remove it. And then if, um, it, probably that. Like, it's easier to remove someone than it is to add them in later. Um, Maybe they were in talks like, hey, if this does well, then we can like use this towards whatever else they're building towards those characters. But mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, nothing's going on. Then no sense. Like, because if I were to see them, then I would have automatically thought like, hey, whoa, wait, ri- like Cyborg's still there. Are we going to see more Cyborg going forward? You know, and then maybe they don't want to deal with any other. Um, what is it questions or it could have been like the team filmed it and then like dc themselves was like you know what like we're just gonna avoid that we're gonna avoid that conversation so (laughs) let's take them out or you know like Mm. that sort of thing like higher ups Mm. were like nah i don't like this cut let's do another one with them not in it you know or something like that yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah it definitely yeah i don't know the exact reason i I don't even i can't really even hypothesize it but i know it has to do something with those characters moving forward right i mean and maybe the actors that will be playing them so be interesting to see where dc goes this uh these next few years and yeah, I mean, I think it's going in the right direction, though. DC has been crushing it lately, and with the Batman coming out soon, and, yeah, I'm excited for The Flash and Michael Keaton being in it and all that. It's going to be it's gonna be a good time. Oh, plus, plus Black Adam and the whole, like, what is it, GLA. It's going to be sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be sick. Mm-hmm. I'm super pumped for that. Pumped. Hoping pumped. it's a good movie, but I'm pumped either way. I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. Uh, always down for cool. superhero flicks. And yeah. Yes. They've been the they've been the freaking box office drivers, that's for damn sure. 
yeah, so let's let's move into Comic Book Club and let's wrap this bitch up. Uh, up. Were you guys able to read kind of the latest issues of Batman's Journey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Dark, the Dark City arc. Dark, yeah, we just wrapped up Dark City, city right? Dark, and now city. moved into Savage City, I think Savage it is. Savage City. Oh, sorry. Yes. So, yeah, where are we? Are, did you finish Dark City then, Thomas? Yeah. Is that where yep. we're at? We're at Savage City now? Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, yeah. I think we finished all of it. Uh, I didn't finish all of oh. it. Uh, I I think I'm towards the beginning, like you guys were saying earlier, and Savage City, or I think it was like offline, you guys were saying, but just kind of seeing that ultimately in the first gotcha. part, uh, you know, we have Dark City because, uh, well, my take is that we, we see Bruce come back and embrace his darkness, and we also literally see the city dive into darkness because of the Riddler's plan. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it was really cool. It was really cool to see the Riddler again, be so menacing and, and to see the plans he has to step. It just feels like he's five steps ahead. And that's exactly what you want from, for me anyway, from a, from a Riddler villain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So let's, can um, someone explain exactly what part we're at, just so we're on the same page? Um, yeah, let's just end. Well, most of us read the ending of Dark City, right? Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. got up to Savage City. Um, yeah. So let me open that issue up real quick. I have it here next to me. Noise. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. let me see. Oh, are we going somewhere? I can't open my menu. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked... Yeah, that was interesting. I, you know, I guess I'm, I've heard Dr. Death before, but I have, I'm not really familiar with his, like, story or whatever, but I didn't realize, like, how prominent he was going to be in the first arc of the story uh, in Dark City. He's like so big and like that fight on top of Riddler's uh, balloon, which sounds yeah, kind of the funny to balloon. say. Right. Yeah, was pretty pretty badass, and uh, yeah, just a really interesting, interesting character, uh, Doctor Death. Yeah, it's like he, his he he just kind of like he can't help his body from like recovering the way it does. Mm-hmm. So like shrapnel ends up taking him out, right? Because he's yeah. like his body starts like it's like trying to fight it around it. Yeah. yeah, it almost seems like, but you see the physical representation. But it it almost seems like when white blood cells like attack other healthy cells in your body, you know. And his is like his body's just constantly trying to fix and repair, and that ultimately is his demise because you know it's it basically implodes on itself because it's trying to constantly fix itself from all the the kind of damage Batman does and he kind of realizes that right he like in that battle he realizes that the only way he's going to beat them is if he does something dramatic he explodes right. that thing and then yeah yeah Drake any any thoughts on Dark City I I liked Dark City I, I, I kind of have more thoughts on um, Savage City but I did kind of like Dr. Death as a character. I don't, I'm not, I'm not familiar, even though I have kind of have read, um, 
Batman comics before, so it was kind of a little bit unsettling that the character was unfamiliar to me. But I think they did a really good job of setting up Batman, utilizing characters that, to be honest, a lot of the visuals that you see is like Michael Keaton's Batman or um, uh, like, uh, what is that guy's name? Jack Nicholas as the Joker or you have uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler or you have Arnold Schwarzenegger's Iceman, right? Really until you get to um, Christian Bale's Batman, you don't really see these very deep, dark characters. And even then, not the way that they're being portrayed originally in the uh, comics. So I really do like getting a deeper knowledge of what Batman is facing and then comparing it to what you're seeing in the um, theatrical versions. I mean, granted, they were supposed to be for funsies, but that's just a small little tidbit. Oh, uh, yeah. Go towards the purple marker, guys. That's where we're fighting this boss. Sweet. Yep. Right on. Yep, yep. Come in your way. selling some stuff real quick. Purple markers. Right. So, yeah, we start off in Savage City. We'll just go from there. Uh, Bruce, basically, it, like, it takes it all the way back to, like, the first issue of Dark City. Like, it, like literally issue number one, I guess, from this. And, um, yeah, we get to see... What Of, um, wait, 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 wait. Dark City, though. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we're back. All right, sorry, Cubs. What were you saying? Um, so, like, at the end of Dark City, they find out Riddler's plan wasn't to keep the power off. He wanted the power to go back on, right? And that causes him to not only, like, destroy a bunch of shit, but he also takes control of, like, Gotham because of that, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, because they're like, don't turn the power back on, turn it back. You know, like they're trying, Batman and Jim Gordon are trying to stop it. And like Jim Gordon's like fellow police officers are just being dicks to him. And they're, they're like, no, we don't want to listen to him. You, whatever. But like, it, like all of this, this work, basically they fall right into his plan of like, them fighting super hard to turn the power on, thus giving him the power to control, I guess, like the whole city, the network, mm. or the, I guess like the power grid they're in, a bunch of communication, I guess that goes into the city through like mm. cell towers or something like that. Uh, I don't know if it's cell towers, but it's some type of like communication network. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it was just really, really clever. And, and yeah, you get to see a lot more of like how kind of, again, I, I feel like I've overusing this word, but like menacing, uh, you know, the Riddler can be just, he's just like, I yeah, think he has, looks so stupid in, in, as a character, like just his appearance, <laughs> but yeah. he is like very menacing. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah but it, it's, it's like just an angry this, leprechaun. Yeah. I mean, other than like. The, the, even the Joker to me, and like in some ways the Joker is like a perfect villain, but like he's kind of a ridiculous looking character too. Like Batman has a way of making kind of like, I guess these very interesting looking characters become for, for them to become something super like dangerous and like something you're actually scared of. And like, he does look goofy. I mean, he's like this skinny kind of redhead guy with like a, like ill fitting mask. And yet at the same time you're like, fuck Like he, he, could literally destroy everybody. I mean, he's got like traps planned all over the city, traps over the bridges, cameras everywhere. As we get into Savage City, it's like, dude, he's really thought 
thought everything. And he's openly challenging people to, if you can, you know, create a riddle that I can't solve, you know, you guys, I'll let you go. But yet, at least this is in the first book and nobody's able to do it. Yeah. I mean, hyper-intelligent individual, even sometimes bordering on better than Batman at times. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for sure, definitely. He's he's definitely outsmarting him. him. Yeah, oh, yep. Jinx! Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the tropes... I, I was talking to Scott about this earlier, but like how like... You see kind of some of the ridi- not ridiculous things, but it's just interesting more on like how they show Batman overcoming one one in specific was Batman fighting the lions mm-hmm. um and like kind of you know to an extent like not really taming them but really fuck you know messing them up we're naked choking some lions and things like that so <laughs> yeah, um, just like some some of the the interesting shots of like batman being like almost to an extent superhuman but again Uh when you're looking at the riddler you're looking at batman these guys don't have superhuman powers they're just they're just brain power and Mm. i think for me batman is a little bit more of what you would consider like an, an attainable character you could technically get there if you put your mind to it possibly right obviously if you had millions of dollars in the Wayne Trust you would be able to be the best you can be but I like that I feel like that's something attainable versus like Superman where I'd have to be one on Krypton which is a fictional planet you know Mm -hmm. right right like you yeah you're not gonna suddenly at least I don't think so you're not suddenly gonna become an alien shot to a different planet and then like the sun in that planet thus makes you incredibly strong the chances of that and the chance of you just working out really hard learning training your body and becoming that like the chance of you becoming batman in a sense is a lot greater than your chance of becoming superman right is that what you're saying yeah 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 definitely definitely yeah uh, yeah and i agree uh yeah, but it's it's just that constant pursuit, you know, and the the for me it's just that overcoming the fear that makes him just so such an exceptional character, you know, because we as humans, I think we all have fear, but for him it never it never stops him from moving forward. It never, you know, the 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 drive of making sure nothing bad ever happens to innocent people overcomes it all. And in some ways that is is greater than all of us. I, I think that that's probably something, you know, the creators, I think a long time ago, or the people who've taken Batman on as a character and rid for him have wanted to get across because it, it does kind of give us this hope that, Hey, it could be me. I feel like the same thing about, you know, Spider-Man recently. It's like, you know, when you watch, you know, no way home, it's like, do you choose, uh, you know, the easy thing or you choose the right thing, which kind of seems like, the the theme I feel like for a lot of things that we've been talking about lately. No, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of parallels, um, coincidentally, which is nice. Yeah, I mean they're they're there. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else, Cobes, that you're thinking? Uh, I think you guys are a little farther ahead than me, so I don't really have too much more input beyond that. Uh, but. Yeah, Cobes, Scott, take it away. Mm, I didn't really have anything else. Uh, I did think that part was funny when, like, 
Gordon risks his life to get like that team of commandos in. They're like, don't worry, we know how to handle these. This guy, we're professionals. We don't need bat suits. And then they're just yeah. there to pay him off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we have a proposition in this briefcase is millions of dollars, and he's like, "What the fuck? Like, this is yeah, your plan?" Like, <laughs> yeah, send these blackout guys to just yeah. negotiate money. <laughs> It's like, it's not about the money. Fuck, that was our plan. (laughs) (laughs) And they all kind of look like Batman. Like, they're just like, I mean, like super armored up, like crisis characters or whatever. Like, it's crazy. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think it's cool. And like the whole time it's like Batman's questioning himself, like, Every time he fails the Riddler's, like, he's trying to predict what the Riddler's doing, and he, every time he's wrong, he's, like, he's questioning, like, like, oh, maybe I should just stop. I'm making it worse, um, which is <laughs> oh, cool, because yeah. he's always doubting himself. He's like, God damn it. Like, it seems like every time he's like, no, I was wrong. It was like something's about to blow up, or the Riddler's like, yeah, you were, Batman. Um, and he just feels like shit. But um, it, it's great, though. I, I, I like seeing the Batman questioning himself. Like there's, there's a lot of times where it's like, I don't know. He's, he's just really good at what he does. And it it may be something else that's holding him back. But in this scenario, it's like, he's a really smart dude, but he's just like, it's seemed like he's just not clever enough. And he's like beating himself Mm -hmm. up for it. Um, right. Yeah. The, the Riddler, yeah, the Riddler in this is good. And I, I agree, like, it, it, he does look kind of goofy. He's got, like, these crazy sideburns, and um, he just kind of looks like a goofy dude. But still very menacing. Like, it's written in a way where you still take him very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the whole holding the boulder above um, Commissioner Gordon, not yet Commissioner Gordon's um, mm-hmm. head, He's talking about pulley systems and he has like this little string attached to his finger and it's like going through all these pulleys and mm-hmm. it's holding like this like how many ton rock above his head and then it he just pulls his finger and the whole thing falls down. Like it's just cool. Um mm-hmm. how he set that up, I don't know, but <laughs> like yeah, I wonder how long, how many people he had go in there. But okay guys, yeah. this is gonna be the best fucking trap ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, all, the, the drone's got it. Okay, but yeah. rock. And the it's funniest be a big part, moment, people. Right, and the funniest part about it is it didn't even work. Like it fell down <laughs> on the side. It didn't kill he, him. Like yeah. that was a he lot was like, of setup for not a lot of payout. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so true. He's all about that um, flare. Huh? <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think that it, it also is more of a reason, like. You know, I think, you know, we've talked about humanity in in these comic book things. And that's the thing. That's like we know Batman's a human. Like he has self-doubt. He's like he's constantly questioning, am I doing the right thing? Am I could I do it better? Could I have, you know, and I think later on you get your Justice League Batman who he, you know, he's so skeptical skeptical about everybody that he sets traps way you know from the first time he ever meets them or you know he figures out a way to take them down but uh yeah this one is still he's still learning right and i i i like that i i think it's something i'm gonna enjoy too from the batman movie where you get to see him learn and make mistakes because if you have a guy who's ultimately perfect fights perfect uh has like the perfect equipment you know everything perfect mental state there's not room much room for growth and we get a lot of we're getting 
a Batman that's constantly growing because he's not quite there. He keeps, he's either, yeah, behind the Joker. He's, he's not, see, or sorry, not the Joker, the Riddler. He's like not seeing the full plan. It's, it's awesome. Yep. Very much. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Right on. Well, I think next week we finish off the book, right? And then shoot next week, I think is it. I think the movie comes out next week. So man, it's, it's here. The Batman is here. Yeah. Excited. We got to decide what we're going to read next then. So yeah, for sure. Next, uh, I, don't know what you guys think but i was thinking we read some moon knight as Mm -hmm. moon knight comes out also i think the same day as the batman and then on march 24th or 25th i want to say is dr strange so we read some moon knight uh and then we go into dr strange strange yeah Yeah. so we find some stories that kind of influence those stories and we go from there and yeah, it's going to be Sounds great. Good. So we'll give our final takes. Uh, we'll probably have some prompts, you know, some questions, some things to think about. I'll find some like real book club questions and then we'll we'll go through, you know, our final take on all of our Batman stories and get ready to see the Batman on March 4th. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm so psyched for that movie. It's, it's oh, going to be amazing. Yeah, it's yes. going to be incredible. Well, right on. Uh, yeah, final thoughts for tonight. Um, you know. Final thoughts, I thought tonight was great. We covered a lot of cool stuff. Yes. Um, we said we didn't. We were going to even have a lot to talk about. That's just funny. I know, and it turned into <laughs> a lot to talk about. Turns out we had a lot to say about the things we like. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, right on. Uh, thank you guys very much. Fun night. We'll catch back up next week for more Batman news and anything else that is part of the Joystick universe. Have a good night. Cheers. Oh, that's how this works. If you like what you hear, please like, follow, and subscribe. Just how we like chatting with our friends, please share this with yours. Feel free to join the squad and follow us on Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at J-O-Y-S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W, Joystick Show. Or if you feel like submitting topics or asking questions to be discussed on further episodes, you can email us at joystick.show at gmail.com. Peace out and make it a great rest of your week. Joystick Show.